Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. VGK trims its roster as the Golden Knights prepare for the Avalanche to come visit tonight at the Fortress. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You could find us. He is at TD Chris G on Twitter. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. You could also find us at Lockdown VGK everywhere. And make sure that you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown VGK. So, Chris, uh, the Golden Knights made 20 roster cuts on Tuesday. And uh, first we have uh, the forwards, Colt Conrad, Daniel D'Amato, Connor Ford, Patrick Gay. You have Marcus uh, Kelly and Kelly. Uh, You have Kyle Marino, uh, Lyndon McCallum, Mason Primu, and uh, Alex um, uh, Setsukov. And then I know I butchered his name, but that's okay. And then defenseman, he's not going to play anyway. And then Connor Corcoran, um, Peter Deliberatory, the goalies Isaiah Saville and Jordan Papperney. Uh, so that's pretty good. Now, this, these players will be going first. Let's talk about this phase. Then we'll get into the other uh, players that are going elsewhere. elsewhere. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty good Silver Knights roster now. I thought, you know, we saw McCallum. Um, he, uh, he played pretty well. Um, I thought, you know, with the rookie team, uh, we also saw Primu. Uh, he showed up a little bit, and I think he was in rookie camp as well. And Isaiah Bill, uh, we just felt might get some reps, you know, on the NHL level. But let's talk about some of those transactions that transpired, and then we'll get into some other ones and where they moved some other players. We're, we're recording right now from fabulous stormy Las Vegas. I think my lights actually flickered a second ago. I thought I saw a reflection of a uh, lightning possibly. I don't know if that was your screen or something going across you. So we're, uh, it's interesting, folks. If I'm a little bit sidetracked, I'm excited. I just got back from the Midwest and was hoping for a storm. And now I'm back here and I got my storm. So I'm, you know, kind of like a squirrel right now. Not, not really too focused, but I'll do my best and to get And it's Spetlikoff, by the way. Sorry about that. I have lightning <laughs> in the brain. So, yeah. Looking at these names, I mean, Seville was the first one you kind of talked about, so we can start there. Um, give Seville time. I think uh, he will have an opportunity. Not necessarily sure if it's going to be Vegas or not, but Seville is someone we, we simply like. Um, I like how he has grown in his short time with the Silver Knights last year. He got to go through a camp and get just that you know, precious experience that you cannot put any type of value on. So he'll certainly come back stronger. And, you know, folks, you never know the way things shake out um, with our goalies. Let's go back to season one from Flurry to Dansk to all the way down to Subban to Ferguson getting some time and uh, 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 Manny Lagasse. So you never know. I mean, we could see <laughs> no disrespect to Seville. I hope we don't see him at the NHL level, but the way things go, especially with the Vegas Golden Knights, you just never know with the goalies. And as far as the cuts here, there's nothing here with much meat on the bone as far as nothing too surprising. I think it's more or less the players that remain. Ron Bjerga, Dorofiev, Paul Cotter, who is really turning some heads right now. Um, 
uh, Lecision, who had the most uh, time of those players at the NHL level. So none of those players sent down. I think that's probably the bigger focus. But, you know, Conrad is someone I enjoy watching at the AHL level. You mentioned Primo as well. Uh, uh, Dilibatore, he's certainly been a lot of fun to watch with the Silver Knights as well. And again, it doesn't mean we're not going to hear from these guys later in the season. It just simply means uh, their time is not now. I think uh, Delabatori is injured. I think we uh, saw a report, you know, about that. Um, and then also the players that, you know, are still up with the team. Uh, you had mentioned Jake Lachizan and uh, Ron Bjork and Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter has uh, opened up a lot of eyes so far. And I think Bruce Cassidy is very pleased with the way that he's been performing so far. And he's got a good shot, I think. Yeah, Cotter has had some, I guess, um, press time, if you will. What I mean when I say that is um, Cassidy is specifically mentioning Paul Cotter a couple different times. And I think, uh, I don't don't know if it was from the Sunday game or the Monday game, but uh, I'm not going to get this perfectly, but the quote was some along the lines of, hey, the puck found you. I think that he was referencing his early goal from uh, Nick Waugh. Uh, in, on the road game uh, against Colorado, but there's going to be nights where the puck doesn't find you and you're going to still have to do quality things, you know, with, uh, with your opportunities out there, whether it's defensively, offensively, or anything in between. So the fact that Cassidy is taking an opportunity to, again, talk <clears throat> to the pawns or the media in our sake, you know, to, to get <laughs> some type of message out there. Um, that says something. He is certainly on the radar. And, you know, maybe Paul Cotter is our, you know, bad pun coming, but our, our dark horse, if you will, to uh, possibly make it out of camp. And it would be interesting to see if he um, outdid someone like LeCision or even Ron Bjerg. Just looking at the initial lines, I feel like Cassidy is taking a bit of a defensive and even conservative approach by the way the, the the line compositions are. So that would kind of surprise me. Paul Cotter, I think, has a little more of the offensive scoring touch, whereas LeCision is simply, you know, the probably the more, uh, the better well-rounded, if you will. I'm sure my English is terrible when I say that there, but he just is a more NHL-ready player possibly than Paul Cotter. But Paul Cotter could be that energy boost, could be that excitement, and that might be what gets him you know, a spot on the day one roster. Uh, six players, Jordan Gustafson, Ben Hammerling, uh, Matthias Sapoboliv, Arthur Kolash, and Joe Fleming, plus Jesper Vickman were returned to their junior teams. And another move, uh, defenseman William Rydell was released uh, from his uh, trial experience, and he played a couple of games with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, pretty young guy, uh, played at Lake Superior, and then he transferred over uh, to the Ohio State. And so uh, those were some (laughs) of uh, those other moves. Um, And against the Kings, a player, you know, that, that really stood out, and Cassidy spoke about, and that was uh, Daniel uh, Cheka. Uh, Cheka had filled in for Alex Martinez on that uh, back line pairing, on the blue line uh, pairing with Alex Petrangelo, and came up pretty big. And not only that, you know, he played very well. He's gritty and all. And uh, he took a run at, uh, I think it was Jacob Doty in the game. And I think that Bruce Cassidy said, okay, we don't want him to get, you know, too crazy out there. But we did appreciate him sticking up for his teammate. And he just opened up some more eyes. And so 
it takes that one play. We hear the thunder. Look at the lightning in the background there. Uh, yeah, we don't get storms out here. So this is a happening on our show for sure. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I said, there's, there's the thunder. Um, but, you know, this is this is the time to make a statement, the time to get noticed. And really, in, as far as the preseason goes, there's no better way than to basically you know, stick up for a teammate and stuff like that. Cause that says a lot about who you're going to be on the ice in the locker room and things like that. And again, anytime you're not a household name and getting mentioned by Cassidy or any of the coaching staff for that matter, general manager, depending if they're giving any interviews right now, of course, this is certainly the opportunity to get that attention. And the fact that, um, you know, the youngster did that for and sticking up for uh, Petrangelo, who probably doesn't need a whole lot of help himself. But, you know, it certainly goes a long way. It looks good. And, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on the physicality or potential lack thereof of the Vegas Golden Knights. And now, obviously, uh, possibly our, our most uh, physical checker, William Carrier, is on the shelf for an unspecified amount of time. So we're looking for that that void right now. We're looking for that excitement. We're looking for that energy and someone to ignite t-mobile arena and right now i just don't know who that player is i mean i guess maybe it's keegan colasar but um his track record as far as uh the physicality and uh you know the fighting side of things goes outside of that one gut punch i don't think he's ever won a fight yet at the nhl level so who knows i'm gonna go just a little bit off course here and just uh i, I wanted to discuss like how much we saw this with the raiders right where Devontae adams Derek Carr didn't play in the preseason and perhaps it might have come back to hurt them. How much activity, how much action do you feel that the starting uh, players have to have in the preseason? Uh, before You know, you want to make sure that they, especially with BGK, there's a huge emphasis here on trying to stay healthy through the course of the preseason because of what happened last year. And they also want them to play faster and with more intensity in the preseason to more or less set the tone for the upcoming season. I don't think you need a whole lot of games. Um, I don't have stats or numbers to look at historically for, you know, what VGK has done or what, you know, Edmonton has done with Connor McDavid or Toronto with Austin Matthews and stuff like that. Like if they just play one or two games, if they play six or seven games, I honestly don't know. Um, I think most of the development, the stamina, the getting back in shape has already been happening for about the last month or so when the captain's practices started. And a lot of these players do keep good shape, obviously, in the offseason. But, you know, who would have thought in season number six, this veteran VGK roster would be at the point where we're already having this type of conversation like, okay, how do we preserve you know, Petrangelo, how do we preserve Mark Stone? And, you know, Jack Eichel is still young, but he's also coming back from a major, you know, very unique uh, injury in the way it was uh, fixed, if you will. I mean, he looked obviously good on Monday night on that on that breakaway, of course, but, you know, that that's one very small sample, and it was a good shot in the top corner. I think that that play should have been called back for interference, but that's the ref in me watching things. <laughs> Guess <all. laughs> Guess yeah, I mean, like, screen. so... It's common for, like, if you do a drop pass to go directly at the player in front of you and shake right. their stick up, there's nothing wrong with that. That's one of those unwritten rules, one of those written rules that is never going to get called. But Kessel literally, he passes the puck, and he just starts chopping him like a tree. And I'm, like, <laughs> watching this, I'm, like, especially with all the penalties that are being called right now, and I think we might yeah. maybe, you know, touch on that at some point, but with all the penalties that have been called, that kind of surprised me. But, you know, it's preseason for uh, for the stripes as well. Okay, so Mark Stone, great news. 
Um, he is out of the red non-contact jersey, and he's in the mix now. And hopefully on Wednesday night against the Avs, he gets out there and, you know, skates a little bit in some live action. I think it's important for him to get some minutes. Um, and there's, uh, I think they're playing four straight home games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and yeah they so got a lot. They still have three more remaining. And, and a lot of statues so, and gold busts to give up. Oh, Geez. And you know what's crazy is they didn't post a lot. Fans didn't post a lot of photos of that bust. I didn't see much on social media. So I saw VGK put, a, VGK put a tweet out there or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think, I think not, they got another social media person. I don't not know. a lot of, yeah. I think it's a better one too. I think they had to make a trade for future considerations for another social media person. But Mark Stone, how much time does he need on the ice? Because it's important now. One for game. him to get some some game action. One, one game, game, you think? One game. I, I think one game, give him, you know, 12, 13 minutes, whatever it needs to be, just to get out there in that speed and go. Um, the speed of the preseason isn't even going to be close to the pre, the speed of the regular season. So I think too much of the preseason just isn't necessary. I think one game, get him through the motions, get him through all the hoopla that goes with the VGK intro and, you know, the, the the crowd and, you know, coming through the helmet and all that stuff, you know, give them one game just to get all that back again and just to kind of get the the speed back and probably more or less the rhythm of being on the bench, listening for your line to be called and, and stuff like that. I think that's probably even more important than the, um, the physical side, if you will, because I'm sure he's in as good a shape as he possibly can be given the circumstances. He has, you know, maybe a little bit less mileage and wear and tear on him based on the fact that he really didn't skate a lot since about what January or February last year, beyond the last few games of the regular season, which I mean, he shouldn't have been out there at all for those, but whatever to that Uh, point being is, you know, one, maybe two games at the most, just to get the, the, the feels back, if you will, for the day game, uh, um, rotation and thinking of a different word right now, but um, just 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 how all, all of that works and everything, just to get comfortable with uh with what he's missed for the last few months or so, and let's, let's just get back going again. I guess it's great that he's out there, you know, not wearing the the red jersey anymore, whatever color it is now. It's good that he's. I mean, we were concerned missing camp. I mentioned if he misses the first up to ten games, I wasn't concerned, but I think all um everything is trending towards him playing day one now. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I definitely did not think that he would be back this soon. And uh, it's a welcome addition to VGK. Coming up next, we're going to rank the VGK goalies through the first couple of games. This ought to be fun. You're listening and watching Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, the fastest and the easiest way to get in all of your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL is getting back into full swing, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device if you need to to learn more about the trends and action that's happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick is back with us from Chicago. And he brought some weather with him. We, ne- we never uh, have weather. Was that here. my cue? We was that my cue to talk? 
I don't know. But thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And uh, you could find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, I ranked myself on Twitter because this is what I do um, when I had a couple of minutes. Um, I ranked the VGK. You say you just had a couple, Norman. Okay, so I ranked the goalies <laughs> through two games, which is kind of silly because that's a, such a small sample size. But Logan Thompson, by far, was number one. I think he had something like nine saves when he played his uh, period and a half. Your favorite, a surprise at number two, checking in at number two, and we'll give him a long-distance dedication, uh, Michael Hutchinson. He played well against the Avalanche. And then number three, I have Yeri Patera, who he just gave up one pretty difficult, you know, uh, goal. And even even Bruce Cassidy said, okay, that was that was a tough one that just squeaked through. Was that the I shoulder was, one we talked about? Yeah, the, the shoulder one, right? Yeah. And then number four, your guy, Aiden Hill. Oh, my goodness. He was just flopping around out of position. On that uh, Adrian Kempe goal, uh, he dove forward. I don't even know what he was doing or thinking, or he just like flopped forward. And- is segment still is segment three still Aiden Hill? Or are we going to kind of combo that up right now? Because we we can start the rant early if we need to. There, <laughs> no, no, no. Start 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 the rant because no. In the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, why I hate overtime in preseason. I got you. Okay, so we, we did. And okay, I thought God, it I was what the Friday. I'm all confused. Yeah, no, I, I I did what the Monday. So I mean, from Chicago. So I mean, we're all sorts of screwed up this week. I get it. Um, so the goalies, yeah. I mean, if we're going to rank them one, two, three, four, simply based on what we saw, then. Sure, I'm with you. LT did what LT needs to do. Um, Patera, like I said, that goal, you know, and it's preseason. We shouldn't be too hard on these guys, but it's preseason. Hutchinson looked the part for one game minus the helmets. Uh, it's funny how I, I guess what I don't understand is like there has been some people on social media like why is he wearing his Toronto is he in a Maple Leafs it's probably a Marley's helmet. I didn't Maple. It's Leafs a Marley's helmet. helmet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good guess. I guess. His but, new um, helmet hasn't hasn't arrived yet. So what I don't understand is like, is he anticipating like, I mean, could it, I, I don't know how his contract works, folks. I'm not very good at this, I guess, but I guess my question is, can he simply be cut? Does he have that type of um, contract with us? I, I don't know. Maybe he's just simply, you know, he's here for now. And if he sticks fine, he'll get a help. I, I don't know how that works, but in any event, he did look the part. He looked okay. So fine. That's uh good to know that uh, Henderson will have another, um, able goaltender if you will because he's not going to play too much at the angel level i don't think um and aiden hill i geez i that goal that kempe got oh my goodness like i i we're not here to dump on robin leonard the guy's not even playing right now but at least in the my knee jerk it's september 28th from a game that happened two nights ago reaction was he looks slower than leonard on some of his worst days like Leonard did did not look very good at the end of last season. That that's not me dumping on him. That's simply an observation made by the entire NHL. You know, down the stretch before he was uh, shut down or shut himself down. And Aiden Hill. I mean, I haven't watched any highlight reels on him and gone through like any YouTube things or anything like that from his time with the Sharks. But I'm scared to do that right now. Like I honestly think we have possibly a bigger and maybe even slower 
you know, Robin Leonard type. Now let's hold the, let's pump the brakes here for a second before we just completely, uh, you know, crap on him, which is not what I want to do this morning. It's September 28th. He's probably getting back into shape. This acquisition just happened. So he's probably still in a whirlwind state right now. So, you know, maybe everything will be okay with Aiden Hill. And this is just simply some, um, recency bias, if you will, because we are, you know, concerned about Robin Leonard and the way he's moved out there, but, you know, that goal, I mean, he was just leaning and the recovery was zero. And I don't know. I hope he doesn't need hip surgery after that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I, I Through the day that uh, we thought that we feel that we want Laurent Brossois back in action. Who? Who's that? <laughs> but, but yeah. So Aiden Hill, I think he played the most games that he's ever played uh, in San Jose last year. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was 25 games before. And he was with two months of an injury, too. He would have played more. Yeah, so I'm don't, I don't know what that injury was, but if he does continue to play reckless like uh, the way we saw him in the last game, uh, he could get injured again. Uh, Logan Thompson is just like just par for the course. Um, do we make much out of the way he played when he had his first appearance a couple of nights ago? As far as say that again, are we? Is this going to be routine? I, I was I mean, really pulling up an Aiden Hill video right now, but while you're saying that, so I'm sorry, I was not focused. So, what no, were you saying, Tony? Just you know, are, are, is this what we have come to expect out of Logan Thompson? As far as just being just playing consistent. Oh God, yeah. You know? I mean, uh, listen, uh, he didn't face many shots either, and I don't know if there were very many high danger shots. He he just you know he just but he also out. made him look good though too. That's part of oh, being good, a proficient. A one, you know, starting goalie. That that's that's what your job is. It's not necessarily to make the saves look di- look look overly difficult. And that's something that makes Flurry always very interesting because he's a smaller goalie. There's probably not a book written on Flurry's style, and I don't know if anyone would ever coach a goalie to play like Flurry. Besides enjoying the game and having fun out there, because Flurry is kind of reckless in the way he moves, but he recovers quick and things like that. So. Point being, you look at Logan Thompson, if it's a little more boring, that's because he is a little bit bigger, but he also still moves and keeps himself in position. And if that's the case, then wonderful. That's that's perfect. I hope Logan Thompson is the most boring goalie in the NHL to that degree. And, you know, he puts up, uh, I don't know, a 9-2 save percentage and, you know, gets uh, 58 starts, winning 37 of them. I don't know what math to use there, but, you know, back to Logan Thompson, all he has done is succeeded. You know, when he started at the AHL level, he got noticed. He's the goalie of the year. Last year, we've said this probably, I've lost count of how many times, he we single-handedly rode him to a, a potential playoff spot where this team, who knows, they might have made some noise because we know we would got at least Riley Smith back the first day, you know, because that injury would have uh, magically been a lot better, you know, once the salary cap went away, of course. Um, but LT, you know, we're ready to ride him as far as he'll take us. Uh, I think we were concerned, not concerned, but I think we both thought that there might've been some level of competition for the nets for the day one starter. And I, there's our, again, it's September 28th. We're two weeks away. I think exact or no, tomorrow. Do we open at home or is the first game before either way? We're two it's weeks in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so we're. Now. We're, 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 I think a, a week and, you know, six days away from the start of the official season. And Logan Thompson's a starter, folks. If I'm wrong yeah. on that, then he got hurt. No, Otherwise, you're absolutely, LT's you're absolutely, the man. you're right, but you're absolutely correct. But the downside here, in my estimation, is that you don't have someone pushing Logan Thompson so far. Um, and I think that you need that competition 
that would bring out the best in Logan Thompson. Uh, we thought that, and, and, you know, if you're Bruce Cassidy, do you put Aiden Hill in for a full game and just kind of see, let it ride and see, see what he has? You have to evaluate him. And the only way to evaluate him uh, and the goaltenders and the players as well is in a live competition. I think I think LT and Aiden Hill both will get at least one full game between now and the start of the regular season. And LT's going to do what LT does. You might give up a goal or two, you know, whatever. And I don't care if it's a bad goal. Like, I, it doesn't bother me. But Aiden Hill, I really want to get a good sample size of. I really want to. The first thing I saw on YouTube when I typed in Aiden Hill was actually a big overtime. It's a Nickelodeon. What do you, we saw the reflection. You're watching Nickelodeon. It. Yeah, I'm watching the replay of the Monday night game where they do the, the Slimer and all that instead, whatever they call that. So I don't know. It, yeah, it's actually kind of slime. exciting to watch that. It's actually fun. I've, I've watched those before. <laughs> um, but. Back to that, yeah, I mean, I want to see Aiden Hill in a full game. I want to see how he looks. And maybe it's just one game. He was just caught out of position. He cheated a little bit. And whatever, fine. You know, maybe you will feel better. But, yes, could Logan Thompson use a kick in the butt and have, you know, some type of pressure? Sure. But, again, based on what Logan Thompson has done, based on, you know, everything he's done since he's been part of, you know, HSK and VGK, is it completely necessary? I don't know. I mean, I think we have, to, he's, he has earned the benefit of the doubt. No doubt. That made no sense, but Logan Thompson definitely has earned the benefit of the doubts. He, he's going to be the man and whether he's pushed or not by Aiden Hill between now and the start of the season, I don't think it matters a whole lot. I think LT is going to be okay. The bigger question is, are we going to have to stick LT in there for 70 plus games? Because Aiden Hill, Brassoise, Hutchinson, Patera, Seville just can't do it. That, that would be a concern. Okay, and I just want to make sure that we don't see on that back wall that uh, half Marley's and half EGK jersey, you know, <laughs> no. or your guy Hutchinson. God, no. I know I you, you, you got I'm, I'm too cheap. Hutchinson's too many letters on a jersey. Hutch, he is Hutch. Coming up next, uh, Chris and I are going to weigh in about overtime and shootouts. Oh, my goodness. In the preseason. What are they doing? And we also discuss preseason officiating. Back with more after this, Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. The Thunder and Lightning are gone. They subsided for the moment. That's a good thing. Chris, however, still watching Nickelodeon and his cartoons this morning. And Chris, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I strongly disagree, okay, with them playing overtime period in the preseason. I, I just don't think that they should just end the game. It should be over. It's an exhibition. It's a preseason game. It does have Nickelodeon. I knew it. Um, it's a preseason game. And, I, you know, I just I worry about, you know, more injuries, more wear and tear on the body, what have you. And then after the game against the Kings, after uh, Adrian Kempe uh, buried that shot over a flopping goaltender in Aiden Hill, they decide to go to a 14-round shootout. And, like, people were – were people excited about Was it really 14 the, rounds or – It was 14 it? rounds. No, I think it wound up being – four. I was just like – They needed 14 rounds. Over, I think okay, it was 14 rounds, yeah, and, and a shootout. 14 rounds before BGK prevailed. So they lose in the overtime period. Let me get this straight. And they win in the shootout. What's worse, playing, you know, the overtime and the shootout or having split squads like we saw? Okay, back to where we were. 
your thoughts, your thoughts, first of all, on overtime and shootouts in the preseason? Um, I don't like the overtime. I don't see a need for overtime. Um, if they want to go right to a shootout just to make the fans happy, I'm okay with with going directly to a shootout. I don't see the need for it. I don't see the need. I mean, if the coaches are going to put out their line one and line two or their their studs, if you will, maybe then they, they kind of deserve what they get. Uh, but I see little to no reason to play an overtime period and if you're going to do it, don't we don't need to see Eichel and Petrangelo and Riley Smith out there and all those players. Let's so stick, you know, stick the stick the kids out there. They're the ones who need that experience. Our guys have had plenty of experience in overtime. Maybe we need the overtime practice because so many games with the shootouts last year that burned us. But in all seriousness, no, I don't see any need for a traditional overtime period. Um, go right to a shootout. Go right to a shootout. Have some fun. The fans enjoy that anyway. Um, less opportunity for injury and such. But the goalies, I mean, if you're going to have 11, 12, 13, 14 rounds, you know, eventually uh, that's not good for the goalies either. But if you got to have one or the other, just go right to a shootout. But this weird stuff with the, like the player, like having optional shootouts and stuff like that, like that's just so strange. And that, that I don't know why I just thought of this, but was it a Donovan, Donovan McNabb? I believe, and I could be wrong, but you know the the NFL you can tie, and it still happens. I thought they had asked Donovan McNabb like after the game, like he didn't know that a game could end in a tie. So it's just kind of strange. I'm going with with uh, Cassidy now because they had asked Cassidy if he wanted to do the shootouts, and Cassidy agreed to it. But Cassidy felt he was agreeing to settling the game with a shootout in the events. Overtime wasn't enough to settle to settle the score, so to speak. So it's just kind of strange. And you know, on the serious side, though, it would be terribly, you know, it would just be awful if a player did get hurt. Yes. in that yes. shootout period, yes. especially and when Cassidy in the didn't overtime. even know. Like, like I don't know. I I, I don't get it. Cassidy get didn't it. know that there was a shootout coming up, right? Well, no, he agreed to it. So the the referees asked, "Hey, coach, do you want to do?" Because they'll do shootouts in the preseason. Just yes, he agreed to it because, but he thought they he were thought it was talking to, about to settle a tie, right? So I got to should, play an additional period for yeah. his guys. I mean, I'm not going to dump on Cassidy for not knowing how the game works at this level, and as far <laughs> as the preseason goes, but that is something that maybe he should know or someone should buzz him on beforehand. Okay. Wouldn't it have been better, like the Pro Bowl is switching to like a skills competition, you know, and all. Wouldn't it have been much better if they put that um, that Cassidy statue between the pipes and you shoot at that? I mean, they should have done something more innovative. Uh, penalties. I want to talk about penalties. And you are Mr. Referee on our show. I got a rat uh, tonight. I'm scared. I haven't been <laughs> on the ice in two weeks. I'm, I'm oh, jeez. So, so uh, the game against Colorado in the first meeting, which was awful to watch on TV, and, you know, I try to sit through these these preseason games. I'm not a fan of preseason, and I'm not going to be – you can't figure out too, too much or put too much into, you know, what you see in evaluating these preseason games, at least for fans, right, other than stinking goalies, which we saw. But, okay, so nine penalties, the result, two power play goals for the Avalanche. That is excessive. Do you know, like last year, the point of emphasis was cross-checking. And I don't know how much it cleaned up that part of the game. There's cross-checking everywhere. Do you know what a point of emphasis might be this year? Are we going to see penalties being called at this rate 
during the regular season because it just wouldn't be fun to watch. I think this is pretty normal. Every preseason, the refs are out there. And again, it's preseason for the refs too, folks. It's not just preseason for the players. You know, the refs, I'm sure they do what they can to stay in shape in the offseason. Some go back home. Some actually, I've heard stories, actually will officiate beer games every now and then just simply as a way to give back to the, you know, to the officiating community and things like that and just work with local officials and things like that. But there's no replacing the NHL level when you've been away from it for two, three, four months, depending on uh, when the respective referees were cut from the postseason. Um, so, and the NHL will always have points of emphasis, whether it's cross-checking or, you know, obstruction in the neutral zone or, you know, dangerous plays around, whatever that it, that may be. I mean, for one year, it was like obstruction was the big thing or then, then, the, then the obstruction, the unsportsman, like for the diving and all that, that was a, a weird thing for a while. I don't think we've seen too much of that anymore. But, you know, every preseason, there's going to be a lot of penalties called. The, the refs are going to be told to look for certain things and call it differently. And then once the season starts, you know, the, the breaks get applied a little bit and, and the game, you know, just kind of goes. So don't put too much emphasis into this. I don't care if VGK got nine, 12, 13 penalties and the other team got two, three. I, I don't care. It means, it, it means nothing at this stage of the game. Now, if come uh, was October 13th, 14th at T-Mobile when Chicago comes to town, if that's happening, then obviously, you know, we got a bigger problem to deal with. But don't put too much stock into what you see right now with the officials. Okay, also in the preseason, I do not like, you know, teams playing their in-division rivals, period. And then, I, moreover, I didn't like, you know, them doing a shootout against the Kings, and you know, which could result in them seeing each other and some tendencies and what have you when they play each other in the regular season. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, there's so much film and stuff out there. I don't know if it matters a whole lot. I mean, that move that Paul Cotter pulled off, oh, my goodness. But he – honestly, Paul Cotter might get jumped for that move that he pulled uh, against the the against the Kings goalie on Monday night. But um, they played the Kings, right? Yeah. He, he yeah, might he might have something coming for that. But it was a great move. It was a, it was a fun move. And I saw him like, ooh, okay. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, if that's beer league, he's getting chirped all the way. And next week, someone's going to take him out. It's going to get ugly. Um as far as who they play in the preseason, I don't think it matters a whole lot. They, they they try to keep the games close as far as travel and things like that. We're not going to be going down and playing the Panthers or the Blackhawks or, you know, going to the East Coast or anything like that. But I get what you're saying. I just don't think with film and all the studies and stuff that get done, I don't know if it matters a whole lot. And, I mean, especially these early games, this isn't even really going to be, you know, the, the dress rehearsal, I think, will be what next Sunday's game, whatever the last game is. That's usually the dress rehearsal. These games, as far as who's on the ice and getting video and tendencies, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. William Carrier, the only injury that we know of so far. We hope that they get out of this unscathed heading into the season. At least then they'll have a chance, you know, to have success this upcoming season. Uh, Chris, thanks so much. Uh, we're glad that you're back here. Thanks for bringing back the thunder and lightning. It's coming well. back again. It's coming back again, son. Yeah, there it goes. This is fun. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And you can find us on any of the podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcast. We are available, and it's free. Uh, for my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now from Las Vegas. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.